Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Living in Turkey breakfast was not a big deal. And I went to my friend Halle's house and I had 13 pieces of bread. And, you know, they kept asking me, would you like more? And it didn't occur to me to stop after, say, number four. And when I went and told my mom, she was mortified. She called them up and was very apologetic and said, I'm so sorry. But I didn't know as a little kid, they kept asking. I said, Mom, they kept asking me. Welcome to Your Mama's Kitchen, the podcast that explores how we are shaped as adults by the kitchens we grew up in as kids. I'm Michelle Norris. The kitchen is the emotional heartbeat of our homes. So many important things happen there. Meals, memories, laughter, and sometimes tough stuff. All of it simmers inside us forever and shapes who we become in interesting and sometimes surprising ways. The kitchen is the most important room in the home, even for folks who don't like to cook all that much. And that includes our guest today, Gail King. You know Gail King. She's a titan of television broadcasting, going head-to-head with big-name politicians, artists, and controversial figures who find themselves on the hot seat. Well, that's not the topic of today's conversation. We're here to talk about Gail, and she always handles herself with grace and grit. She gets high ratings and high marks because she pulls interesting answers out of people. Gail King, I'm so glad that we could do this together. Hi, Michelle. I'm so glad to see you. Thank, thank you, you for asking me. Seriously. Thank you for rolling off the air. I'm only and here because over. it's you. Oh, well, thank you. I will you. just okay, put now, that out Now there. I feel, say that again. I, we're just going to share that. I'm only here because of Michelle. <laughs> Actually, I'm on my way to the airport and I delayed my flight an hour and a half so I could be here with okay, you. Okay, now I'm feeling, you're, I'm puffed up. <laughs> I'm getting puffy in my chair here. Woo. Well, this is a show where we talk to people about their mama's kitchens. Okay. And you have had an interesting path in life because you spent time in Chevy Chase. You spent time overseas mm-hmm. in Ankara, Turkey. Yes. You spent time in the Bay Area. When I ask that question, what kitchen does your mind first go to? Tell me about your mama's kitchen. Well, I struggled with this because my mom was an okay cook. I actually called my sisters to say, do you guys remember? You have three sisters, Yeah, right? I have three sisters. I'm the oldest of three girls. And I've been told that I'm bossy, but I like to think I have executive skills but I am the oldest of four girls. And because I said, guys, I really don't have any stories about the kitchen. And they said, don't you remember when? And they went, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I did remember. Okay, so what what did they remind you about? Well, Thanksgiving was a big deal because she did all the cooking, but you know, she did all the cooking always. She had a thing that we always each had to slap the turkey before it went in the oven. Wait, what? 
Yes, exactly right. Was this... Slap the turkey. Was this superstition? Was it... Because my mom said, I think that was just her way of engaging us. She said that it made the turkey more tender. And so we would all have to come in the kitchen, line up and do a... On a raw turkey. Yep. You know, he was all basted and Mm -hmm, all that good mm -hmm. stuff. We'd all slap it and she said that would make it more tender. And now... All of my sisters do that with their yes, kids and their family. Everybody yes, has to come they, in and slap yes. the turkey. Okay, there are going to be people all over America slapping their turkeys on Thanksgiving <laughs> because my mom because said that it made it more tender. Okay, so I do remember that. I do remember we used to have on Saturday night. It was a family game night, so we played games like Sorry. Do you remember Sorry? I remember Sorry. Cheesy. I was always yellow. Yellow to this day is still my favorite color. I always wanted to be the, the yellow. yellow one. I love yellow because it's a color of sunshine and butter. It's mm-hmm. Two things I like very much. <laughs> two things I like very much. I make no excuses. I love yellow. My kitchen is yellow. It just, it's a color that just makes me happy. But Saturday night, we had game night. And the dinner every Saturday was the same. I had forgotten about this till my sister Sharon reminded me. The dinner was always the same Saturday night. Guess what it was? Because I've read a little bit about you, I think I know the answer. I don't think I've ever talked about it, so let's see what you have. Was it Sloppy Joe's? Yeah, how did you know that? Because you have talked about it. You were quoted as saying Saturday was Sloppy Joe's. Really? Yeah. When did I do that? I don't remember the date, but I do remember that you said something about Sloppy Joe's. you were absolutely right. Sloppy Joe's and I still love Sloppy Joe's. I do too. So next time we eat together, I'm serving you Sloppy Joe's. I love Sloppy Joe's. So that was what you had every Every Saturday Saturday night. Sloppy Joe's and game night. Yes. Every Saturday. Weekends, um, Sunday, we always had a great Sunday breakfast. That was coffee cake, uh, scrambled eggs with cheese and bacon. We had really great breakfasts. Maybe that's why breakfast is still my favorite meal, even today. I very seldom get to eat it because I have these terrible crappy up, hours you, when yeah, I get up you, at, you, you know, three something like in the morning. Vampire. You get up at 2.30, 3 o'clock 3.24. Okay. I get up at 3.24. Why is it 3.24? There's a method to my madness. Why is it 3.24? Because there's something that I watch on a competing channel that comes on at 3.25. And so I always set my alarm for 3.24 so I can watch this thing. And then I have three snoozes on my alarm. And then I'm off to the races because I bathe. I, I took a bath this morning. Mm-hmm. You'll be glad to know. Mm-hmm. But breakfast today is still one of my favorite meals. And you can do that on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. So your mom liked to make big breakfast. Coffee she cake. She did. Did she make the coffee, coffee cake? cake? Well, it was Sara Lee. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sara Lee coffee cake. Is, I love those little boxed yeah. delicacies. Yeah, it was Sara Lee. But I loved her scrambled eggs and cheese, and I loved her bacon. And then we would have sometimes pancakes too. So you lived in Turkey yes, as a child because your yes. father was stationed my, there? My father was an electronic engineer who worked for the government. Okay. So there's been all sorts of speculation. Oh, you know your father was with CIA. I have never been told that. I was never aware of that. But in Turkey, we lived in a neighborhood. We we lived in a regular neighborhood. That's why I know my address. Uh, Otustokas, which stands for 39. Mm-hmm. Aiton Sokak. Sokak is street. Mebus Evleri is the name of the neighborhood. I can only remember a merhaba nasilsanes, which is hello, how are you? Mm-hmm. So whenever I get into a car and if the driver happens to be Turkish, if ever I'm at a party and someone says I'm from Turkey, I go, merhaba nasilsanes. And then they start talking. I go, that's really all I know. <laughs> but I'm very proud of myself that I even remember that. What was it like going to school in Turkey as an American kid? Well, I was at an American school, so I really didn't know the difference. And when you're in first grade, you're just sort of rolling with the punches. I didn't even have a great appreciation for living in Turkey. You know, when you're little, you just go where your mom and dad are. 
You don't look at the global experience. I, I remember traveling as a kid. We did a lot of traveling. Vacation was in Greece or Paris. And I can remember saying to my dad, why, we're at the Acropolis. Why do we have to sit here and look at these rocks? It's so hot. Why can't we just go back to the hotel and go swimming? And he said, one day you'll appreciate it. And I do. I look at the picture. I go, this is me in sixth grade. I was in the Acropolis. But living in Turkey, breakfast was not a big deal. And they had continental breakfast. So it was just a little bread and some tea, chai. And I went to my friend um, Halle's house and I had 13 pieces of bread, little things. And, you know, they kept asking me, would you like more? And it didn't occur to me to stop after, say, number four. Because <laughs> uh, in America, we're used to these big truck driver yeah, breakfasts. Yeah, we're used to it. So I was hungry. <laughs> and when I went and told my mom, she was mortified. She called them up and was very apologetic and said, I'm so sorry. She, you know, but I didn't know as a little kid, they kept asking. I said, mom, they kept asking me. <laughs> oh, you didn't want to offend and turn something down. I wasn't even thinking about offending. I was just thinking, yes, I'm still hungry. So yes, <laughs> please keep it coming. Please. So you lived there until sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And your parents then moved back to the States. Yeah, so and you we went were to in Chevy Maryland. Chase, yeah, right? we were in Chevy Chase, Maryland. Yeah, we were there. We weren't there very long because we were there maybe 18 months because I went to junior high and high school in California in Menlo Park. So from seventh grade to 12th grade. Mm-hmm. I remember they did a story in the newspaper about our family being an American family who had just moved from Turkey. And they were talking about East-West influences. And I remember the photographer coming in and taking pictures. And we all had to wear dresses that day. And my mom saying, you know, sit here. I, I do remember that. But California, I ultimately want to end up in California, by the way. I still love California. That's We can, it's we cliche, can move there and grow old together. Yes. That's, that's, oh that's my God. where I want to land. It's cliche to say the weather, the weather. But the weather, the weather is so fantastic. And the vibe is just very different. Most of my formative years, I would say, would be from seventh grade to being in California. I can see that because we're together. You smile in a different way when you talk about California. Do I? Yeah, you do. Yeah. I, can, I can see that those are, those are good memories. Tell me about that kitchen. Describe it for me and tell me about your mom in control in that particular. Well, it was a very open kitchen, mm-hmm. which is sort of the California lifestyle. My dad traveled a lot. And I remember when daddy was away, we always got to go to McDonald's and we thought that was a great treat. I also remember coming back from Turkey being told, you talk funny, you're black, but you talk funny. Why do you talk like a white girl? I was called Aunt Sarah. I was called Oreo, all that stuff. By the black kids. By the black kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I you should have Yeah, why why do you talk funny? And vernacular. Yeah, and I remember deliberately flunking a test, getting a D, because I couldn't bring myself to get an F getting a D because I thought that would make, because they said, you think you're so smart, blah, 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 blah. And my dad saying to me, now, I know you know this. He used to call me GP because my middle name is Patrice. Mm-hmm. So he would call me GP. I know you know this. So why did you get a D? I said, because I just wanted the kids to like me. And then he said, well, do they like you any better now? And I went, no. He goes, well, don't do that anymore. Life lesson. Yeah, it was a life lesson. There's a little picture I keep in a drawer just to kind of remind me. I don't know if you sometimes need to get in touch with that young person or know it's going to be okay, uh-huh. you know? 
And it's a picture of me with glasses, braces, and Afro puffs. Oh, very cute. Uh-uh. No, <laughs> not, not cute at all. And for a while, a headgear, you know, that went yeah. along with that. So, you know. But look at you now, a stunner. Yeah, it's all paid off. It's, you know, we, the glasses, we go through The glasses, the braces, the Afro puffs. You know, we yeah. get through it. I went through it in terms of, I, I look at black and white pictures of me. Maybe I was fourth grade because I was told, your lips are fuller as a little black kid. There's pictures of me literally biting my lips because I'm thinking, God, my lips are a little big. Cat eye glasses, mm-hmm, not cute. Mm-hmm. Headband and, you know, bangs that rolled oh up like goodness, this. Oh my goodness, the bangs. Yeah. The bangs that you slept with the little sponge <laughs> yes, curler that was on pink. your top of your forehead. That was pink, yes. I had <laughs> one of those. Sausage yes. little sausage roll on top of your forehead. I had one of those. And now people are, are paying to get lips like mine. Yeah. They're yeah. paid to get yes, lips like yes. mine, I'm which sorry, I think I have, is kind I have of funny. A Tuesday appointment to get a lip injection. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is kind of funny to me. You know, when you go through a tough period like that, the kitchen can be the refueling station. Yeah. The place where you sit at that linoleum table or whatever table, wooden table, whatever it was, and your siblings, even if they made fun of you, they're your posse. Yeah. You know, your yeah. mom serves up something that makes you feel good, you know, at the end of the day. Was that a sort of emotional fallout shelter? for you, that space? No, I honestly wouldn't say that because I didn't come home with a lot of self-trauma. So I really didn't. I think for whatever reason, it didn't weigh me down. So when I came home, I was just happy to be home. My mom was always there. Uh, She um, did not work outside of the house. She did not. It's interesting. My parents met at Howard University and uh, my mother was planning to go to law school. And then she thought that she had a tumor and the tumor turned out to be me. And so I often wonder what her life would have been like. Then she was a stay-at-home mom. And I know that part of her was very frustrated because I know that she always wanted to do more and could be more. And she ended up working later on in life. She was a secretary for a big muckety-muck. But I always know that she thought she was so much bigger than that. And had it not been for me, because then it started the ball rolling, what her life would have been like. She was always very smart, always a really good writer, but he was always glad for her to be there when we came home, mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And I can remember I was on some kind of volley, cheerleading or drill team or something, or if there was a class project, I would, my mom can do it, my mom can do it, without ever thinking does she want to do it? Oh, so you were volunteering your mom Oh, to... all the time. My mom can do it. My mom can do it. And I would ask her and she would say, sure. And she never said, you know, you need to stop volunteering me. Never. It was only later in life when I had my own children where I went, this is a lot of friggin' work. Yeah, but you know, that's a gift that she was able to do that yes, with you. exactly right. Because... On the other side of the coin, exactly if you're a working right. mom, you're thinking, I wish I could go on that field trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I wish I could be there yeah. for biological character day. I wish yep. I could be there to help the kids get in their Halloween costumes. Yep. So that was a, a gift true. for both of you. Also that true. That you could be together. I, I read somewhere that you had said that you were talking to a friend of yours who had just written a book about grief. And she had asked you what your kids knew about your mom. Yes, I know. And you thought that they actually knew a lot because your mom passed away. They were little guys. They were so young that they really didn't get to spend a lot of time with her. Yes. Your friend who had written the book had asked the kids, well, what do do you remember about, about Gail's mom? And you were surprised to realize that they didn't remember as much as you thought. Yeah. Because you hadn't talked about her Right, right. 
And what they did remember wasn't good. What they remembered was she smoked a lot and you didn't like it. That's what they remembered. Isn't it interesting what kids hear? Yes. Because I'm thinking, oh, surely they knew the part when my mom drove us here and when we did this and we did that. And it was so interesting that they said, we just remember she smoked a lot and you didn't like it. Well, it's true. She did smoke a lot and I didn't like it. And then when they said that, I went, whoa, I got to do a better job, you know, of telling them. They did get to meet her, but they were so young. They don't really have real concrete memories. That's why, as I sit here today, you know, favorite daughter Kirby's had a son, my first grandson. I could eat this kid up, Luca, who's now 19 months. We've all got to meet him thanks to Instagram. He is just delicious. Oh, I could eat him up. I just saw him this past weekend and he just makes my heart sing about everything. But my biggest wish now is that I live long enough that he gets to have a sense of me. Like if I go now, he won't really remember me. He won't. And Kirby and Will, they were like four and five four and five, two or three, but they don't really remember. They don't really remember. You know, they've seen pictures and that kind of thing, but it's not the same. And I just, I've already said to Kirby, I want to be the one to take him to Lion King. I called dibs on that. So I'm just hoping that, you know, I live long enough for that. And now it's time to share our Maker's Mark custom cocktail recipe inspired by today's guest, Gail King. This special segment is presented by Maker's Mark. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Gail is known for her big, bright personality. She's the kind of person you want to sit next to at the dinner table, the kind of person you want to hang out with. The Maker's Mark cocktail recipe created in her honor mirrors that special personality with a combination of vibrant and bold citrus flavors. The punch comes out a beautiful bright yellow, Gail's favorite color. As she said in the episode, yellow is the color of sunshine and butter, two things she happens to like very much. It's a color that just makes you happy, so let's bring some sunshine into our lives and make this punch. To get started, you'll need two parts Maker's Mark bourbon, one part pineapple juice, three-quarter part orange liqueur, one-half part fresh lime juice, one-quarter part agave, and pineapple for garnish. Here are the instructions. Start by filling a cocktail shaker with ice. Add your Maker's Mark bourbon, always Maker's Mark, pineapple juice, orange liqueur, lime juice, and agave, all that into the shaker, and shake until it's all well chilled. Strain the mixture into a glass filled with ice, and finally, garnish with a pineapple slice. There it is, the bright bourbon punch. Cheers to our guest for inspiring us to make this flavorful cocktail. And thank you so much to Maker's Mark for sponsoring this custom cocktail recipe produced by ACAS Creative. Maker's Mark is the perfect bourbon for this. The taste is sweet with a balance of oak, vanilla, and fruity essences. Maker's Mark is smooth with a pleasant soft spice and clean finish. It pairs delightfully well with the sweet and tropical fruit flavor of the pineapple, making this a delicious cocktail that creates a bright moment in your day. Maker's Mark makes their bourbon carefully, so please enjoy it that way. Maker's Mark Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 45% alcohol by volume. Copyright 2023 Maker's Mark Distillery, Incorporated, Loretto, Kentucky. 
If you'd like to make this recipe yourself, and I hope you do, check out my Instagram at Michelle underscore underscore Norris to get the full breakdown. That's two underscores. That's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, underscore, underscore, N-O-R-R-I-S. Thank you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the Audible Original Your Mama's Kitchen. Like what you're hearing? The next episode is available now exclusively from Audible. Visit audible.com/kitchen and hit the follow button for the latest episodes each week. You can listen to new episodes on Audible two weeks before you can hear them anywhere else. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. I love to be able to cook in a kitchen and have a good meal with the people I care about all around me. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen at a big island and we were able to all get in and do our thing together and sit down in the adjoining dining room and have a long, loud meal and then clean up afterwards and continue the conversation. I loved being able to do that and Airbnb allowed that to happen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. Hosting your home on Airbnb is a great way to make some extra money. It's very practical as a side hustle. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to try to lift up your game? I know I just got a new tennis racket. It's one of those newfangled things that's supposed to put a little bit of extra sauce on the ball. And it makes me want to spend a little bit of extra time on the court to perfect my backhand or work on my volleys. Here's the thing. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Available dynamic sky panoramic glass roof. Available front row massaging seats. Available 33-inch all-terrain tires. Available multi-terrain select. With all of these options, you can travel in style and comfort in the city or off-road. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Your mother's name was Peggy. Peggy, yeah. Peggy Tucker King. There is this picture. She's a very pretty woman. 
She was. There's a picture of her. She's in a white white dress. Yes, in a green chair. Yes, I'm talking about. That's in California. It looks like it was snapped for Harper's Bazaar. Yeah, it has little fur uh, things. Yes. Oh, I know that. I love that picture. She and my dad were going out that night. She was always very elegant, always very classy. I know that picture very well. She had her hair up in Mm -hmm. like a bun. Yeah. Tell me more about her. The beauty of my mother, that when she died, we all thought we were her favorite daughter. Mm. (laughs) She was so good. We all thought we were the favorite because we all have individual stories about, well, I called her and she said, when I needed, she was da-da-da-da. So we all thought we were her favorite daughter. And I think that just says everything. I personally don't have a favorite because I think between Kirby and Will, my heart breaks and aches for both of them. But I know many parents, I know many parents who actually do have a favorite, but we all thought we were her favorite. I, I love that you are so close to Kirby and Will. Yes. And you travel yes, with still, them that, you know, we, we get to watch you still. live out loud through the wonders of Instagram. And still. so we see you out in the world. You know, it's funny. Oprah told me years ago, your children are adults. They do not like traveling with you. I go, I beg to differ. We have the best time. My kids love traveling with me because we really... We really actually like each other, love each other, and like being together. Yeah, I see you guys too. Yeah, no, we yeah, do. Hello, we're, Pot. We're, yeah, hello, Pot. <laughs> I'm talking called, to you. We're called the No-Jos. No, and I've we, seen you we, guys. We travel you together also. Well, you know, one you of the things it. I realize is that if you don't do that, you miss out on the opportunity to get to know them at this really interesting yes, stage, stage in life. Yes, You know, I actually, I'm I'm glad they still like us and they still want to roll with yes. us. And, and we still, you know, roll and, deep. And this is the thing. I loved every single stage. I really did. You know, I would think, well, this is my favorite stage. This is my favorite stage. Then you go on to the next stage. You go, oh, I like this. And they are my favorite people to hang with. That's a beautiful thing. Gail's mother was the emotional North Star in her life. But Gail wound up following a different path in her career. Gail's not just a working mother, but a woman who works unusual, grueling hours. She travels a lot. She wanted the kitchen to be a special place in her home, just as it was when she was a kid. But learning how to cook just didn't come naturally. I'm just not a cook. A couple of times I have tried... Like I got the recipe from Oprah's chef, Art Smith, who's a very good chef, because I thought I'm going to make Kirby's birthday cake from scratch. I'm going to follow Art's recipe. I swear to you, I followed that recipe to a T. And I was so proud of myself. I iced it myself, da-da-da-da-da. Happy birthday, Kirby. And she took her first bite and she said, I could just tell by her face <laughs> that she was swallowing. And I said, "What? What? what is it, Barrett? Is it missing something? And I know she had that nanosecond where should she be honest or should she tell the truth? Kirby decided to tell the truth and said, it's just missing flavor. (laughs) Could I have some water? It's missing flavor. (laughs) And so needless to say, then I went and bought a cake. So even though you don't cook or bake, I'm wondering if the kitchen was still a very special place in your home. Well, I think everybody gathers in the kitchen. And I had the nerve when I was looking at houses to say, I want a big kitchen. (laughs) Because I knew that it would be a gathering place. I knew that I wanted all the bells and whistles in the kitchen that I would never use. I knew that I wanted a big table. I knew that I wanted it to be very welcoming. You know, even though they had desks in their rooms, that's where kids did their homework. The TV was there in the kitchen. I mean, not to mention eating in the kitchen. 
When I moved into my apartment here in New York City to show you how I don't cook, I decided one day, you know, I'm going to, let me use this oven. And I had made, I don't even remember what it is. And I went to turn on the oven and it didn't come on. But oh God, I mean, I have this thing all prepared. I went to preheat the thing and I called downstairs and I said, you know, something's wrong with the oven. So the guy came up and he said, Miss King, it's not connected. Your oven wasn't connected. (laughs) Wasn't wasn't plugged in or gas wasn't connected or something? It was gas. It wasn't connected. And he said, how long have you lived here? I go, three months. So, I mean, that's how long it took me to discover that the You thing- hadn't even boiled water. No. Okay, so you truly do not cook. That's what I'm saying. Not at all. No, I'm not making this up. Even though you don't cook, I thought you would be a great guest for the show, and I knew we would have a delicious well, conversation. Well, that's why I tried but- to get out of it. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> because I thought, I'm not going to be good on your show. Um, but I believe that the kitchen is the heartbeat of the household. And even if well, cooking true. is not happening there, magic is still happening there. A lot of business happens in a kitchen. It's yeah. where you talk about what happened at the yeah. end of the day. It's where you come together. Did you do that with your kids? Did they still have meals together oh, even yes, though you yes. weren't cooking them? Yes, definitely. And we always had a thing about, because if you ask kids, how was your day? It's always fine. There's never any elaboration on that. When they were in junior high and high school, I drove them to school. Because oh, you get a lot of reconnaissance when you're in the car. You do. I love being able to drive them to school. But at the end of the day, I think the Obamas called it rose and thorns. I called it what was the best part of your day, what was the worst part of your day. Mm -hmm. And that's always a good jumping off point to have a conversation because you can elaborate. Well, why was that the best part? Why was that the worst part? And I always did enjoy that, always. Did your parents do that with you? No. I don't even know where I heard that. My dad did that. He did? Yeah, he would ask, what'd you learn today? Yeah. And I, we had to have an answer. Like, you yeah, couldn't well, say Yeah, ours nothing. wasn't, what did you learn? It was always, but that's a good question, though. What did you learn today? That's good. So your dad did that? Yeah, every day, yeah. What, what, did, you what did you learn today? Did you do that with your kids? A version of it. You know, what was your we, version? We would just talk. Broderick and I generally ate later. We would sit down and have meals with the kids uh-huh. because they had to go to bed. And we were like skating home in time, uh-huh. you know, to basically eat with them. And then we together would have a meal later. Oh, you did? So oh, we, wow. almost, we had this like extended table time, but we really wanted to have the time together with the kids. And we couldn't have them eating at eight o'clock. As a journalist, I was on deadline until 6.30. I know, 30, so, I know. You know but then I was you have the to have two sets of, of seatings, don't you? You can't just, you know, you clear the plates, you take them to bed, and then you come down and then we'd have a meal together. You did, and, Wow. Yeah, but, I am but that, impressed. That coming together at the table was really, and it's still yeah. very important to yeah. us. They come over on Sundays and we all get together. I had an editor once, Gail, who said that when he interviewed people, he would always ask them about their family life and particularly their dining habits. And when I did the show, it came back to me uh-huh. because he believed that a lot of journalists uh-huh. develop their interviewing skills very early, either watching people talk at a table or figuring out how to get in a conversation or interrogating authority. Mm. So every so often I would apply that to journalists that I would meet. And I wondered if there was something in your career that blossomed from the conversations that you had as a family at not, the table, I, the I, I, business I, that was done in your not kitchen. Not really, nope. I mean, for me, I was always a very chatty kid. I was always very curious and very inquisitive. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that came from the table. I was just always that kind of kid. My mom always used to say that, that I always had 50 million questions about everything. 
And I never felt that I had to elbow my way into a conversation at the dinner table. What's interesting to me is that my dad was one of these people that when he spoke, you listen. You know, if your mom said something, I'd go, well, why do we have to do that? Or I don't know. If your dad said something, that was it. And I can remember when I went to college and I came back and he said something. And I said, well, I just don't think that's true. I don't even remember what it was. I just disagree with that. I just don't think you're right. Now, he appeared to be very upset with me because I'd never challenged him. Never, never. You just didn't do that. My mother told me later that he got the biggest kick out of that. So when uh-huh. we first contacted you about this story, you said, I don't have any stories to tell. I, I don't know. have I was any recipes. Call you. That's what I and, said. And you are the only person that we've <laughs> talked to so far who not only provided not just one recipe, but two recipes, but you went into a recipe file and they're actually recipes that look like they're written in your mother's hand. I called my sister Karen because I don't have them. And so Karen, when I was talking to her, she said, you know, I actually have the recipe. I, I said, you do? She said, because, you know, she had written it down for me, Karen Cooks. And when she sent me that, I went, oh my gosh. Because you can tell it's been used quite a few times. Tell me about the recipes that you provide. Well, so... We're going to share them with our our listeners. You can find them at our website. Yeah, the macaroni and cheese. This is so funny. We had W. Kamal Bell on this morning. He was wearing a t-shirt, no joke, that said... All mac and cheese is not created equal. And he's right about that. There are no lies detected. Yes, exactly. But what's funny about this is Tony DeCopel, who anchors with Mm -hmm. me, is white, goes, what does that shirt mean? And Nate and I went... So you had to to take him to school. Yes. So it was so... Because Nate and I started cracking up. And when he asked him, Kamal was like, oh... I mean, he didn't quite know how to answer it. But Nate and I fell out, so did other black people who were in the studio, because we all know what that means, which leads me to like my mom's mac, and, mac cheese. and cheese yes. on Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah, like you have a designated person that is trusted <laughs> yes. to bring the mac and cheese. And, and my you sister don't Karen experiment. can do it. Yes, you do not experiment. So Karen has a recipe, and I just remember it was cheesy, it was gooey, it had just the right amount of cheese to creamy consistency ratio. And I don't like the big, thick noodles. The noodles have to be a certain size. Little elbow noodles. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. I see some people do mac and cheese, Michelle, with rigatoni. Mm -mm, No, that's not mac and cheese. That's blasphemy. Or they use a different kind of cheese. So the mac and cheese is stellar, A++++. The other thing that I really like, this was a Thanksgiving staple. It's a jello mold, and it sounds jello mold. That doesn't sound hard. No, but jello molds were a thing. They were a big thing. They were a big thing. Big thing. So it's the Jello mold with the Jello. She would put cranberry in it because you got to have cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving. I don't know if that was my mom's recipe or, or her mother's recipe, but that's something that any of us, when we make Thanksgiving, we all have that. I'm calling up the recipe. Okay, good. This, this is, I have a picture of it okay. here. It is a well loved, well-used card. looks like a three-by-five recipe I do think that's funny that she had that. Yeah. And it's got stains and and all kinds of things. I think half the card is missing. There is a little tear on the card. And you have to kind of figure some stuff out because it says big frozen strawberries. Yes. So I assume that's a big bag for yeah, strawberries. Yeah, big bag, yes. Big strawberry jello. Yes. Like, I guess one of the big boxes, the big boxes of jello. Yes. 
one cranberry sauce. Assume that's a can of cranberry yes. sauce. Remember, it comes out rolled, you know, where you just open, you let it slide out oh, of the yes, can. Oh, yes, the one that kind of makes a noise. Yes, yeah, not the little uh, berries. It has to be that gelatin mm-hmm, one. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Gelatinous kind of yes. tube that comes out. That is and it. And then one or two apples. She doesn't designate red or green, so I guess that's up to the person. Red. Red, okay. Mm-hmm. Two cups boiling water. I can stir. do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> add cranberry sauce. Because mm-hmm. the cranberry melts in the boiling water. Okay, yes. and then add the strawberries, which are frozen, and I guess they all combine. Yes. Add the apples, pour in the mold. And somehow the jello gets in there. She knows it's not uh-huh. noted here, but mm-hmm. she knows when to put it in. And then up in the corner, it says crushed pineapple, mm-hmm. which is written in a different, mm-hmm. look at a different time, it looks like, with a with a pen. I, so I she think- must have... Added that later. Because in the beginning, and, that wasn't there. Okay. So that she leveled up at yeah. some point and yeah. added some crushed pineapple. Have you ever made this dish? No. <laughs> <laughs> when did your mom serve the strawberry jello mold? Oh, all at the same time. Was that a special treat for a holiday? It was or? only Thanksgiving. You know, and Thanksgiving dinner, we had a lot of Thanksgiving. The mac and cheese, the dressing, the something green, the rolls, ham. I mean... You name it, we had it. It was always a big, big spread Thanksgiving. But that's what made it so special because we only got it that one day mm, of the year. Mm. Macaroni and cheese, you could have at other places. What kind of mold did your mom use? The kind, it was either round with a circle in the middle. Mm-hmm. Metal? Definitely metal. And it wasn't the fancy dancy one, you know, where they have the ridges. It was just a simple round mold with a simple hole in the middle. And you put it in hot water to release it. To release the jello from the yes. mold. You had to hit So it that when you turn it over, Michelle, mm-hmm. it falls out very in that ring and it doesn't come out gloppy at a time. We would set it in the hot water. And funny, I do remember this. Put it in there and then flip it over. And it was just a perfect circle. And it kind of jeweled. Yeah. Kind of did a little, little yes. shake when it was on. A little there. shimmy on mm-hmm. the plate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We love that. I have loved talking to you. Oh, thanks, Thank Michelle. You so Thank much you for, for having sharing me. sharing your stories and your wisdom and your recipes. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they're called? You know, once I was asked to participate in a, when I was anchoring the news in Hartford, Connecticut, and they were asking to submit something you cook. And so, you know what I gave them? Uh, a Morton's honey bun, where I said, go to the store, buy the Morton's honey bun, put said honey bun on a plate, microwave it for eight to 10 seconds, and bring it to your table, serve while hot, fork optional. That was my <laughs> recipe. And they thought I was kidding, and I wasn't. <laughs> that actually sounds delicious. It's good. All right. Love talking to you again. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I had a great time with Gail, and I am going to tease her forevermore for claiming that she, of all people, didn't have stories to tell. She reminds us that even if you don't spend hours at the stove or bust pots and pans in the kitchen, you can still serve up great memories there. There's no shame in takeout or frozen food or meal services or the generosity of friends or whatever you do to keep yourself fed and keep yourself healthy. On paper, Gail grew up to become a very different person from her mother, choosing to go down a big career path that skyrocketed her to national fame. But she kept what she cherished most from her relationship with her parents, and that was carving out time in her busy life to keep a close relationship with her kids. 
You can find Peggy King's handwritten recipes for her Thanksgiving cranberry jello mold and her killer mac and cheese at our website, yourmamaskitchen.com. And if you find me on Instagram, I will share it there too. If you make either of these dishes, give us a shout. Make sure to post the results on Instagram or TikTok. And while you're there, you can also share your own techniques, shortcuts, must-have ingredients for serving up a perfect pan of mac and cheese. Special thanks this week to Melissa Baer with Say What Media and Threshold Studios in New York City. Thanks so much for joining me today on Your Mama's Kitchen. I'm Michelle Norris. See you next week. This has been a Higher Ground and Audible original produced by Higher Ground Studios. Producers for Your Mama's Kitchen are Natalie Rin and Sonia Tun. Sound design and engineering from Andrew Epen and Roy Baum. Production support from Angel Carreras and Julia Murray. Higher Ground Audio's editorial assistants are Jenna Levin and Camila Thurdikus. Executive producers for Higher Ground are Nick White, Mukta Mohan, Dan Fearman, and Michelle Norris. Executive producers for Audible are Zola Mashariki, Nick D'Angelo, and Anne Hepperman. The show's closing song is 504 by The Soul Rebels. Special thanks to Joe Paulson, Melissa Bear, and Angela Peluso. Head of Audible Studios, Zola Mashariki. Chief Content Officer, Rachel Giazza. Copyright 2023 by Higher Ground Audio, LLC. Sound recording copyright 2023 by Higher Ground Audio, LLC. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to try to lift up your game? I know I just got a new tennis racket. It's one of those newfangled things that's supposed to put a little bit of extra sauce on the ball. And it makes me want to spend a little bit of extra time on the court to perfect my backhand or work on my volleys. Here's the thing. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Available dynamic sky panoramic glass roof. Available front row massaging seats. Available 33-inch all-terrain tires. Available multi-terrain select. With all of these options, you can travel in style and comfort in the city or off-road. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com